You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. So, here you are. Too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo, Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong? And how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Jan. Good afternoon. You are listening to Diaspora Blues, uh, a 3CR radio program that also airs on uh, Radio Skid Row. Uh, this week, a few announcements. Um, I want to say a huge congratulations to Jasmine Sullivan, who won. Hang in a sec, I wrote this down. She won for the best album, best R&B album for Hawks Tales at the 2022 Grammy Awards. And she also won for best performance, R&B performance for one of my favorite tracks, Pick Your Feelings. And it's a track that we're going to play soon. But before we do, hey to Cushy. Hi, Ayan. How are you going? <laughs> Not bad, girl. How you been? What you been up to? Oh, uh, you know what? Work's getting a little bit busy. Um, those mid-sem assignments are not playing too nice. <laughs> so that's all I've been doing so far. Um, have you been busy yourself? Um, sort of. I did host Rotations, yes. which I was telling so, you yeah. about. So Rotations is a 3CR program and each programmer gets a chance to host the show. It's a one-hour show, so all the programmers collectively own um, that show and it's an opportunity for us to like flex our music as taste. you should as you yeah. should <laughs> so I played like a TLC and mm-hmm. Destiny's Child kind of like a versus battle and it was mm-hmm. fun um, so I that was a highlight of my week um, I hope yours was better <laughs> I was gonna say what's your favorite Destiny's Child song oh you can't do that to me I know but favorite? I can't. <laughs> it's Ooh, hard. um it's not my favorite but a song that resonates with me has to be say my name oh yeah it was the first song of Destiny's Child that I heard. Mm-hmm. So that was the first track that I heard. And I remember being in primary or was it first year of high school mm-hmm. and just going, who are these fabulous black women, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and they're all stylish and they had, well, Beyonce had, had braids. braids yeah. um, and then just the colours and the yeah. and orange. Yeah. They're like the love of my life. My 100%. heart broke when they broke up. I know. You know one thing I love about that song is that because Say My Name for me took a long time to even like my name. And so it was more of like a it's more of like a preach, which I really liked because I used to not be, you know what I'm saying? I was like Beyonce. Yeah, Say My Name, which is cushy, which I thought was really cool. It was very empowering, that song, which I really like. I love that. Yeah. Okay, you gave it a little radical spin. Girl, yes. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to try and play, um, if we have time, a song, well, the song that won Best R&B Performance by Jasmine Sullivan, which is Pick Up Your Feelings. But I thought we would go straight to the interview. So last week I had a chance to speak to a fellow Somali her name is Idil uh, Abdullahi. She is a ceramic and henna artist. She was also part of the Somali exhibition Akal. 
I would first like um, to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land which I'm calling in from today, which is um, Darug country. And I would like to uh, pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. And I would also like to um, acknowledge any uh, First Nations people that are tuning with us today. My name is Idil Abdullahi. I was born in Somalia, but I came in here as in 1993 as a refugee. And um, I'm an artist and I'm also currently studying um, art therapy as well. And um, my primary uh, mediums that I use for my art are clay and henna. And uh, I make work that is both um, conceptual, but also uh, design-based work as well. So you said art therapy. Can you tell me yeah. more? Like, what does that look like? So I'm basically the first year um, of training as an art therapist. So it's basically kind of, I think, the marriage of art and um, psychotherapy. So um, rather than emphasizing, you know, talk therapy, uh, this is where art making and using the arts is the primary medium or mean, means of kind of going inwards and just kind of making things visible for ourselves. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, through through using arts. And it's not more um, aesthetic kind of way, but it's just kind of immediate and being in the present moment and, yeah, just kind of connecting with ourselves in that way. That's amazing. Oh, I love that for yeah. you. Good luck. Yes. Can't wait to see how that turns out. Yes, so thank you. In preparation to this, like in preparation yeah. for this, I was kind of trying to figure out like who else in the community, and by the community, I mean Somalis, yeah. who else yes. does ceramic work? And you're the only person that came to mind. So how mm. how did you get into ceramic work? Like, did you know about ceramic work before um, delving into work? No, not really. I think it was very uh, sort of incidental. Uh, when I actually went to art school, which was when I was probably in my 30s, I actually um, was planning to major in painting. And uh, I think in the first year, you kind of, um, they give you a glimpse of all the different fields, so ceramics, uh, textiles, um, photography, um, sculpture, all of that. So I think when I first came to ceramics in there, um, I was just really, yeah, um, kind of very drawn in because uh, ceramics is such a hands-on medium and it's just, it kind of engages all the senses um, and it just felt like this is it for me, like I'm home kind of thing. <laughs> so yeah, I was instantly drawn and I was really excited by the possibilities because with ceramics, it can be anything you want to, you know, you can make it 2D, 3D, you can paint or draw on it and uh, I think what I loved about it even more was the way it kind of blurred the lines of art or, you know, high art and low art, et cetera. So it has the whole history and tradition of use by everybody. Um, and I just, yeah, I just loved that it could blur those kind of boxes of, you know, craft and art and design and all of that. So, yeah, mm. I think that's what drew me in. <laughs> it's also interesting that you got into it later um in adulthood you said in your yeah. 30s that's really interesting yes yes I think I was always you know uh, whenever I told people I really like um you know at least the visual arts were kind of I was drawn to them I was always told you know uh, there's no money in it you know um, there's no future in this um you know don't don't bother with it and I kind of yeah it was always in the back of my mind but I think there was a time I, I noticed that I was always coming back to it 
And at that time I was doing a lot of uh, henna, especially with the community work, but also as a professional henna artist as well. And I just noticed that this is more than, you know, work for me. And I really want to explore a bit more. And so I was brave enough at that time to say, okay, I'm going to go for it <laughs> and study it yeah, at this level. So yeah, I was very, very fortunate in that way and, and privileged as well. <laughs> sounds yeah. so romantic. I'm sorry. It sounds really, really beautiful because I think, um, well, I know and I have yeah. friends who sometimes think that um, yes. as you age, yeah. that perhaps like any pursuit or any any of the passions that you had growing up that you yeah. can't like pick it up later in life. And yes, I love yes. that you are like a testament to to that not being the case. And I guess that's why I asked you that question because it's like yeah. there's never a perfect time to pursue Abs- your passion. All right. So how would you define yes. your style of work? Um, I think my style, it's kind of really um, still evolving, but I think it's probably more autobiographical kind of way. So it's very sort of inward driven. And I think I'm um, similar in, in a way. I was kind of reflecting on it. And I realized my mom um, is a poet and has, has been writing poetry and for a long time. And I remember kind of looking at, at her work and it was more of a kind of dealing with things as they come, situations, you know, and almost like processing them. And I think that's how for me it began um, making art begin in that way. And I think it still continues to. So even when I feel like, oh, I have a statement or something to say, it kind of goes much more inward and like kind of what does this actually mean for me, mm-hmm. you know, and what's what's kind of sitting under the surface. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say it's very much inward driven and whatever, whatever it is that I'm kind of dealing with at that time. So um, whether it's grief or whether it's questions that are about spirituality or, you know, um, questions about, um, just my place uh, in the community even uh, I think that work uh, erased was uh, came out of that actually so I was kind of questioning it. at that time I was in many different um, like community organizations and I was conscious that I I wasn't making as much effort with the Somali community and I, I remember going to a community again and again and I always felt like my work or my ideas were always kind of um, devalued Mm-hmm. And I think that hurt even more because, oh, this is my community, you know, I consider this is my family. And it's like, I can kind of um, deal with that if it's coming from outsiders, but this is actually coming from people that I hold dear, you know, mm-hmm. and some of them people that were friends, uh, some guys who were friends or men I, that I looked up to and uh, that kept kind of, you know, not valuing the work that I was putting in or giving me work that they considered is less than you know or you go do the cleaning for example or something like that or you know make coffee or things like that so which I don't mind but it's just the way the things were structured is that you know some some of the girls were given certain types of work and you know Mm. guys were yeah yeah and it just kind of felt really more than disappointed and that's where that kind of work erased came out of it just kind of feeling and when I connected with the um, the artist whose actually poem is written on the ha- on my daughter's hand, I was quite yeah, surprised that we're still having these issues of feeling, you know, marginalized or erased by, by our own community, which was happening back in the 50s or just prior to the Independence Day that are still going on today. So, yeah. Breaks your heart because you're right. Sometimes yeah. you expect the outside community. It's like 
a guarantee that you will be marginalized, erased. Mm. But when it happens within your own community, the community that you're familiar and intimate with and that you care about and that you invest in, it hurts Mm. so much more. Um, What do you think? Because you said they devalued your work. What do you think that Mm. is? Like now that you've had time to reflect on it, where do you think this this thing comes from? But I honestly, I was trying to to understand it myself, um, like what was happening, and um, some of them were even quite young. Like they were, I, they were younger than me. You know, they were born here, and I'm like, where did they get this kind of idea from? And you know, after even you know working so hard, I was still not being appreciated. And I remember one time we had a um, a Somali um, a speaker come in from overseas, and I remember after. We did all this, you know, I did the photography, I did part of the cooking, I did the administration. And when um, it was time to kind of celebrate how successful the event went, we were like told, you can't come to the dinner, for example. And the interesting thing was faith was used as a way not to let us in. They were like, oh, religiously women and men can't mix or something like that. And I was just like, are you serious? You know? So different things, I think ultimately it's probably power um, issue um, and certain, I don't know, people wanting to feel powerful or I'm not sure, to be honest with you, I'm still kind of struggling with that. Mm. And um, yeah, I'm still really kind of struggling with that. And I think, yeah, that was, it was sad because ultimately we're all working for the community and I think the most vulnerable in our community. And that's why I was there for, but these kind of dynamic really, um, help me back from you know giving more help than I could because I just found it so painful to be in that yeah, space mm. and mm. you were recently part of Akal exhibition which was like a Somali exhibition um, yes. going into that knowing the past experiences weren't necessarily mm. the best what made mm. you want to be part of this particular exhibition Hope you're enjoying this interview so far. We're going to quickly do some community service announcements. PX Fano is a Pacifica LGBTIQ podcast providing a platform for Pacifica communities to unpack and discuss the narratives and the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Presented by Pacific X, a collective that celebrates Pacific Island LGBTIQ communities through meaningful connections that honours cultural and gender identities. You can catch the podcast series every Sunday during Out of the Pan at around 12.30pm or on your favourite podcast platform. Supported by 3CR and funded by the Victorian Government Multicultural Communications Outreach Programme. For more information, go to 3cr.org.au forward slash out of the pan. Do you love Channel 31? Do you have a favourite program you just can't miss? Or even a favourite Channel 31 personality? If you love your local community TV station, well, there is a way you can help. Head along to c31.org.au and click the big old donate button. Your contribution to your local station will help to keep us on the air. Making more of the quality TV you know and love. Plus, you'll help to make sure our team can continue to provide access, training, and education behind the scenes to hundreds of young Victorians. That's c31.org.au. And click on the big donate button. Thank you. A 3CR supporter. 
You're listening to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR radio show. I am Ayan Shirwa. Today I'm speaking with ceramic and henna artist Idil Abdullahi. Idil, like me, is Somali. And in the next half of our conversation, we discuss the Somali exhibition Akal and what made it special. Idil then discusses the Somali icons that inspire her work. I think I was just kind of really speaking with the co-curator, which was Najma. When I spoke to her, she was really uh, very frank with me from the get-go and uh, very open and honest with me. And so I just kind of really responded in that way as well. And I was quite actually, yeah, very pleased in terms of this is probably the first time I think I've um, seen anyone kind of organizing something like an exhibition or, you know, um, creativity related. So I was really, yeah, I was really um, on board straight away and I just found her to be very sincere and, and dedicated. So I, you know, I thought, give it a go and inshallah, we'll see. <laughs> and it definitely helped that she was a female. I'll be honest, I am definitely yes. biased. And, so. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. And, and from, I think my cousin who I heard from as well, she knew her mom. So and she told me of the, you know, community work that they've been doing for years, you know, through their organization as well. So I, I knew it was kind of a sure thing that they were really deeply embedded in community work and have been working with the community for a while. So, mm. yeah, I was very excited. <laughs> it's such a spectacular turnout as well. Like, I was so shocked because I went to two events. I went to the first yeah. one and then I went to one that was in the evening um, and it was more like the audience was a lot younger and I don't want to yes. use the word hip because I sound so old, but, like, mm. <laughs> it was a fun crowd. And so it got me thinking about, you know, what is it about this exhibition that drew people like you and Medal and just such a huge audience? I mean, I was really thinking about it. And uh, because oftentimes I remember in the past when even working alongside others, we have asked for, you know, funding that or even we've talked about having, you know, a creativity programs or exhibitions. The excuse that, would, that was always used was, oh, your community does not a make art or b um they don't come to art gatherings you know what i mean so this is obviously kind of um shows that those are definitely lies that kind of i think keep the status quo of kind of keeping uh, and i think and disengaging communities you know so this kind of really kind of smashed those lies i think and i think definitely um it helped i believe the nejmo and the organization and I think the work that they've been doing for a long time I think that definitely helped um, because they were credible in the community and I think also definitely marketing I think she's been uh, you know um, kind of very vocal about what she was doing and letting people know and I think social media also played a part in that for mm. sure um, in a way that you know it can only do in, in today's climate but I think also the way Nejma and the curator uh, kind of really organized, the two curators organized the show itself because it wasn't just contemporary art, but it was also very traditional art and historical art and kind of that continuation of the arts in the, in the community. So there was something for everyone, you know, it's not just for young people, but other people can also connect with, you know, older people. And it, I, was, I was really excited and fascinated mm -hmm. by seeing, you know, one-year-olds really, representing their tradition and wearing the alindi you know like that was just so special to me I was just yeah I was really um 
humbled and 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 felt like this is an awesome yeah blessing like you said there were a lot of young people there which i honestly did not expect um and that was really great to see oh, it was exciting let me tell you and when yeah. they when they had that deck there um puppet and they were telling yes. their stories i i could hear like the because this is because i went to the first one i'm not sure if you were there at the first event but the yes first event wasn't all the crowd. no no i wasn't yes, yes yeah yes. and the excitement was so palatable like you could hear the parents gasping and i was just thinking oh i wonder yeah. if they're thinking about that there and the stories they used to hear growing up and you're right it did fuse yeah. like traditional somali culture with modern like, art yeah like making that visible in that way you know and the whole story being told in and i, I imagine a lot of the young people were born outside of somalia as well so they haven't really had that access even to these stories in that lived experience way and i think just even those you know uh, puppets coming to life and they were also larger than life you know they were just like they were larger than life and even those kids inside them and having them experience that and i think that's why art is so powerful because it really gives you that experiential way of something is not just a story it's not just a concept but it's actually something that's real you know and yeah in that way so and you can actually touch it it's tangible and it makes it visible and so yeah that was really uh very very i think clever of them and i think that's another way like word of mouth when people saw it they were telling other people and i think that's what happens when something good comes you know we tell we know how to tell people in somali community you know <laughs> word <laughs> we of have mouth our own communication yeah we have our own communication if something's like hey you know go check that out this yeah. out. don't even have social media so yeah i was just thinking about all the whatsapp groups that were popping up for the elders during the <laughs> exhibition <laughs> yeah and, and that's another thing i really really loved was the support from the older like members of the community especially the moms and and the way they were rapping i think that was something very new to me uh, as a sydney sider because we don't really get to see that very much um yeah. and even the dance and you know like even the food like everything was really centering the somali experience the somali culture um in here in you know right now and here in australia and i just yeah i just really really loved that and just seeing muhibba's work as well and the actual aql as well that was that was really breathtaking and to be able to enter it and you know in all the different you know beautiful artistic objects inside it as well each piece was an you know art of its itself another thing i really appreciated about it i think was the way that it had the community at heart because you can you know we've all been to galleries and and etc and exhibitions where you can't even go near certain things um and i think this had a very community first based feel about it and i really really appreciate that a lot of the time because i think in with arts especially when you talk when you talk about high art and the way it's kind of it's almost made intentionally not to engage especially certain communities you know mm-hmm. or certain members of the community but this was so open and inviting and i just that's one thing yeah that really i loved about it and i and i remember um nejma having fears initially saying you know well i'm not a curator i'm a writer like what i'm like just go for it i said curating sometimes we don't we don't get it right in that way that we we can make something that's actually very you know connected to the community i said you could bring something there that is not um 
there anymore but just because of the culture of exhibitions and and the way they are held these days which can honestly seem very alienating to a lot of community members absolutely and that's what I noticed as well because you're right like we've been to art galleries unfortunately we won't be able to continue that conversation but we want to say a big thank you to Idil Abdullahi she's a ceramic and henna artist and can be found on Instagram at barefoot underscore potter Follow us on Instagram at 3cr.disparablues and taking us out is Jasmine Seligman with Bust Your Windows. Enjoy.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.